Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Rack them up! Hello and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to covering the works of Martin Scorsese and Adam Hubie Halloween Sandler. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. And isn't that nice that both of our fake podcast names are... Very Halloween friendly. Yeah. Well, I got mine legally changed. So. Oh, good. Not me. I, I call myself this on this podcast, and then never elsewhere. So. Uh, but that's um, the kind of freak I am, Eric. Yeah. Should I do my whole the color of money? Well, what's the big deal? The answer is just green. Bit again. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy Jeremy did you know probably the best bit he's ever done <laughs> in his life. And he did it before we started recording. Right. I mean, before. I guess we were recording. We were but recording. But before we started doing yes. the episode. Right, right. Yeah. So, um I don't know how to how to do this naturally. How did how did how did it start? Well, I, I mean, it was something like, "Eric, I don't see what the big deal is. The answer is green. This movie, The Color of Money, should just be called Green. And, uh, well, there was a little bit more laughter than what's happening currently right now, but <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, my I'm icing my knee because it's sore from slapping it so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to take it easy. Yeah, you, you know? slapped your knee raw. <laughs> yeah, I slapped it raw. It's just, now it's just an exposed bone. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how hard I was I was laughing. You know, Jeremy, speaking of <laughs> exposed bones. <laughs> I don't have anything that segues into that. But I do I I wish I did. But I you know, I was getting a haircut the other day, Jeremy, mm. and uh mm. you know, uh, uh, some of these what do you call is is barber like a gender normative term? barber? Oh, I guess like, what yeah. would you call a a, a Female, uh, no, barber. no idea. But uh, a hairstylist. Look this up. A hairstylist or, or no, a bar- barber. Not definitely not a barbress. That's wrong. People ask, "What do you call a female barber?" And uh, in this century, a barber whose gender is female is commonly called a barber. Ah. The job okay. qualification for both males and females are the same. Okay. Sorry if I offended anyone by not knowing that that's a that that's how it works. <laughs> I don't think Sometimes you offended anybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb here and say you, you didn't offend anybody. We have to, you know what? You you have to learn things. You have to learn how to, you know, play by how to how to how to be respectful. Anyway, yes. Jeremy, I'm getting my <laughs> hair cut by a barber. Yeah. And um, this barber is, you know, is kind of a talkative barber, which is, you know, not a bad thing necessarily. But she brings up because uh, we're talking about scary movies. Um, horrors, as I call them. And uh, I was telling her, like, you know, I like uh, I like the Chucky movies or whatever. And, <laughs> and sure, she she was like, 
Uh, oh, if you like scary movies, I've got a recommendation for you. And I was like, go on. And she, she said, have you ever heard of the, the Blair Witch uh, experiment? And I was, in my head, I was like, uh, I didn't know there was like another Blair Witch movie, but that's cool because I like the premise of the Blair Witch. So I was interested. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, what is that? I've never heard of that. That sounds good. And I immediately realized that she just said the name of the Blair Witch Project wrong. Oh, and no. And she proceeded to explain the entire plot of uh, the Blair Witch Project to me. And because I'm so, like, un- like awkward and didn't want to, like, hurt her feelings, I just spent the whole time pretending <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> what the movie The Blair Witch Project was. <laughs> it was very wow. uncomfortable. Wow. That is uh, um, that is great. Yeah. yeah, that that belongs in a routine somewhere. Perhaps I might suggest stand up. You know, I do have a haircut joke, and it hasn't gotten any laughs yet. And we'll see if we'll see we'll see if that record continues now. Um, so every time someone when someone like points out that I got a haircut, because nowadays, Jeremy, you haven't seen me in a while. I'm pretty much like mostly bald. Like I like the male <laughs> really? pattern baldness is like. Pretty well taken over. Interesting. Um, cool new yes. look I have not been privy to. <laughs> yes, very cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anytime someone will comment on, you know, oh, you got a haircut or your haircut looks, looks nice, I'll say, yeah, I told the barber to give me the Johnny Depp and they gave me the Johnny Depp from Fear and Loathing. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I, I feel always, like the people I've said that to just like didn't get the reference or something. Oh, that's that's good. That's good. I like it. Yeah. You uh, another uh, thing. Me and my, my friend uh, Evan used to say is uh, we'd go to the we'd go into the the barber shop and we'd say, uh, "Give me a bick on the top and don't touch the sides," which is <laughs> essentially just shaving the top of your head and letting the sides just be unwieldy long. <laughs> my- my cousin, uh, when I was in high school, told me he went. He went to like this high school in the suburbs of Chicago. That was that that uh, he would always have these like insane. I guess it was like one of the biggest like drug high schools. Uh, there was like all this crime, and it was just an insane like Chicago suburbs high school. And uh, he was telling me there was this kid that he like went to school with who is like I guess this is would be like a bit or something mm-hmm. um just like like shaved his head like got his hair cut as if he had male pattern baldness and like carried a briefcase to class and stuff like that <laughs> yeah and just like lived the identity of like a stressed out businessman mm <laughs> like as a, it's like a joke i guess yeah but he was like in high school That's so like imagine great. just like a high school student just bald looking, on top yeah. just like wearing a suit that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty good that's great that's, that's that is a uh, character for sure yeah anyway what are we talking about today we're on uh the scorsese man yeah we're back week. we're back to marty um we are covering the 1986 sequel to the film The Hustler called The Color of Money, starring Bob Newhart and Steve Martin. No, starring uh, Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. 
Mary Elizabeth Mastratonio, Helen Shaver, John Turturro, a very stunning uh, cameo by Forrest Whitaker. Original score mm. by Robbie Robertson, Eric, the uh, the uh, the front man of the band, did the score to this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, this is a Marty uh, that I have not seen before. I'll I'll be upfront about that. I had never seen The Color of Money. Um, very excited to watch it. This is one of those on my list, not unlike New York, New York and Alice doesn't live here anymore that I had never seen and was excited to um uh to jump to dive to dive into and I knew this was going to be a fun one because this was like Scorsese's I I need to make money movie <laughs> like like After Hours was a movie that he needed to make to make a little money uh get paid by the studios and this was like a clear clear to to win a lot of uh praise and box office um success obviously uh starring one of the biggest actors of all time paul newman and an up-and-coming star tom cruise yes can you imagine a time when tom cruise wasn't a big actor um no <laughs> yeah not right? at all yeah i know it's uh it's hard to imagine a world where he's just a rising star but here we are uh the color of money. I gotta say too, this is a what an all-star performance by Cruz. Like, if I didn't know who this guy was, and I'm watching The Color of Money, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a guy in my chair smoking a cigar, saying this kid's going places. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's say that, and then take a sip of uh, mm-hmm. a nice scotch. Yeah, yeah. And then just fart really loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm looking up his uh, filmography just to put this into perspective here. So 86, so 86 is the same year he is uh, plays Maverick in Top Gun. And gotcha. then 88 is Cocktail. And then 88 is also Rain Man. So this is kind of like right at the, right at the, you know, the top of the roller coaster. Yeah, well, it's weird because it's, you know, he... It, I, I When does uh, Risky Business come out? Is it 85? 83. 83, 83. Okay. So this is five years after Risky Business. Yeah, So or three years after <clears throat> Risky Business. So it's, uh, yeah, so we're a little I'm bit... I'm pretty sure six minus three is five. <laughs> we are... Uh, Not to argue. We are... Um, yeah, I guess we are kind of riding a little bit of the of the hot streak of, of Cruise here in the 80s, uh, especially if Top Gun came out the same year because <laughs> Top Gun is obviously a huge, huge movie uh, for Cruise. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is... Um, this Sticking is like- with the roller coaster analogy, <laughs> if, you're, if Tom Cruise's filmography is a roller coaster, say it's the... Um, hmm. Matterhorn. The Matterhorn. Where is that one? At uh, Disneyland. The Matterhorn at Disneyland. You're you're cranking up to the top. Oh, I'm cranking. You know, you yes. hear, you hear it like you hear the chains clinking and you're you're getting high up to the top. You feel like you're going to puke. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> you come over the hump at Top Gun and the color is color of money is right before the drop where you you put your hands up. Right. In the air. Yes. Until yeah. you free fall into cocktail. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> and then cocktail, of course, <laughs> does huge business for you. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, Tom Cruise is a bona fide star. Um, yes. But you can imagine a world like, and, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of just stuck on this idea of like, you know, risky business. Okay, he's the hot new thing in town. But not everybody who does a hot movie becomes a big, big movie star. Top Gun and Color of Money really solidify him. So 86 is a good year for Tom Cruise. It's a very good year. I, I think uh, this also was a good year for Martin Scorsese um, in that it must have felt good for him to have a win at the box office. This film uh, grossed $52 million off of a budget that was $14 million. So that must have felt pretty good. Yes. Um, have you ever seen The Hustler, by the way? I actually have seen The Hustler. It's a, it's a classic. It's a great, great movie. Jackie Gleason, beautiful. Yes, I was worried about this because I I have seen it, but it was like so long ago that I don't remember any of it. It's definitely been um, a minute for me too. Yes, and I I was pleased to uh, notice that it kind of doesn't matter. Like I could have just not seen that movie and would have been fine watching The Color of Money, which I think is awesome. I love that when a sequel is a lot, like respects the fact that like not everyone no get, sees. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing is. You know, you're you're living in a world in 1986 where film is not as pervasive as it is today. Where you know movies come out all the time that you just straight up miss. Like The Hustler would have been a movie that probably everybody saw. You know, and a lot it lived in the minds of people for for years and years. And getting a bona fide sequel to that was uh, probably kind of an exciting prospect. But I agree with you that like. You do not need to have seen it to enjoy the color of money. Um, but if you have seen it, then it makes it. It gives it gives the character of uh, whoever the hell Paul Newman plays, <laughs> uh, whatever his name is in the movie. It gives his character a nice little arc. Uh, Fast Eddie Felson. Because hmm. I guess you know. I mean, in in the Hustler, he is essentially the character of Vince. Like like he is that hot headed kind of. Uh, fast and loose uh, pool player who has to learn how to yes. actually hustle, you know? <clears throat> um, so this is an interesting connection, Jeremy, because I, I did uh, I did go ahead and, and, and I did watch The Next Sandler just in just because it was a movie I was kind of like What's the next one? Rain again. over me? Mr. Deeds. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we get to see John Turturro in like on like two, we get to see like two complete opposite spectrums of John Turturro. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yes. I mean John Turturro uh is a is a main is not I guess not a mainstay in Scorsese films, but has definitely been in a few. And he's done a ton of uh of Sandler stuff. So yeah. It's interesting to see oh, the yeah. crossovers between Sandler and Scorsese. There's more than you might think. You know it would be the ultimate crossover? Sandler in a Scorsese movie. No. Scorsese in a Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah. Now Sandler we're talking. directing. Yeah. Scors- By the way, did you see the picture from... Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, there, there was like a picture that Adam Sandler posted about rapping on his latest movie. Oh, no. And it's a picture of him and, and Mr. Beefy like standing in a trailer what? <laughs> and uh 
It's just great. It's Sandler's wearing like basketball shorts and just like the dirtiest sweatshirt imaginable. Perfect. Um, oh, the movie is called Hustle. You gotta oh, see yeah. this picture. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna drop this into the. I I just I I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Just wrapped hustle. Iconic image. Thank you, Philadelphia. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um. Also, it's the uh, today is the apparently one year anniversary of Hubie Halloween. So I know. Happy Isn't that great? <clears throat> aren't you? Aren't you, aren't you so blessed to get to see it again? Yeah, I can't believe I haven't watched it again yet. This have you only uh, seen it once season. or or twice? Well, I saw, I watched it twice last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got I got to get. I got to get a couple, at least one watch in before yeah. before the spooky, you know, day. Um, you know what? Hubie Halloween is like a great, like a double feature with like a, a good horror movie. Like you watch a good horror movie and then you wind down with Hubie Halloween. That's a good night. That's a great night. Are you kidding? I would, yeah. I would be, I would be uh, lucky to ever get one of those nights again, Eric. I'd be lucky. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, let's see what kind of crazy trivia people are putting into IMDb for this movie. Um, so we all know that Mr. Cruz, Tom, right. um, does his own stunts. Even early on in his career, this guy's doing his own trick shots. Right, uh, I saw except that. Except for the one in which he had to jump two balls to sink another. Uh, Scorsese said he could have let Cruz learn the shot, but it would have taken two extra days of practice, holding up production and costing thousands of dollars. The shot was instead performed by a professional. Um, yeah, I did notice that uh, there's like no faking some of the good pool stuff in here. Like these, especially Cruz, like did his homework and... I wonder, yeah. like, how good he was at pool beforehand, because he's yeah. like pretty good. I mean, he's really good, and I mean, it wouldn't take a lot to fake being good in front of me, because I have no idea what I'm looking at <laughs> when I'm looking at pool players. Like, like uh, he, someone just making a pool shot looks cool to me, um, let alone trick shots. But man, in that scene where the camera is spinning around the pool table and it's all one shot and you're seeing him make yeah. shot after shot as he's singing Werewolves in London. Yeah. I'm just like, god damn. Like that is that is quite a that is quite a scene. Like that's quite a uh, a feat to have pulled off. He's man, I I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're getting to cover Tom Cruise. Um, a little bit here. Uh, we didn't. We talked about him a little bit on the Magnolia episode of our uh, West versus Paul run, but I gotta say, man, like I can't say enough things about Tom. Enough good things about Tom Cruise. Like the guy's a complete psychopath, top down, uh, Scientologist wacko. But man, like he's he's got to be one of the greatest actors who's ever lived i think like he's just oh, so yeah. charismatic he's so electric on screen you never want to take your eyes off of him he's so and and the fact that he's so he's like did he the fact that he does his own stunts and does his own like homework and stuff like he's just kind of unstoppable it's like it's like i don't know got a lot of respect for the cruise man insane as hell but a lot of respect for him 
He's a wild man. He's yeah. a wild man. He's he is one of those people where like you're just like, oh, that person is there's like no denying that he's good at what he does. Right. Um and it's great. Uh also pool is one of those uh or billiards, as I call it, is one of those games that where those activities where uh, nothing makes me feel weaker than like trying to sh- shoot pool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I will like give my best possible uh, effort at hitting a ball into one of the holes and I will like either miss it completely. Somehow a ball will, en- the cue ball will end on the floor mm. or uh I'll end up hitting myself in the face with a pool cue or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, Paul Newman says the best advice director Scorsese gave him, especially in humorous scene was, scenes, was try not to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, did you see this one? When Paul Newman won Best Actor Oscar for this picture, which I didn't know he won, his wife, Joanne Woodward, became the first married couple to win his and hers Oscars since Vivian Lee and Laurence Olivier. They, that means that they were married and they both won Oscars that <laughs> <Jeez>. same year. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah. It's uh, romantic. Can you think of anything more romantic than winning an Oscar together? Two two Oscars? Oh no, man. Maybe maybe winning two uh, uh No, that's it. That's the most romantic. <laughs> they should oh. just call the movie Green. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> Yeah, this film also uh, came in under a uh, budget and uh, under time. They finished it uh, under uh, under when they were supposed to. First time in only time Scorsese's ever done that. Apparently, <laughs> I yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I mean, yes, there's uh, not a lot. Like that's the thing about this film. There's not a lot going on in terms of sets and locations and stuff like places they have to go to it's just like different pool halls which you could kind of even take one pool hall and just redecorate it a bunch if you wanted like yeah like this is uh yeah. all of the cool and atmosphere of this film is coming from just the fact that they're playing pool and that's like kind of just a cool sport to watch <laughs> oh yeah uh, Jeremy, did you happen to see Iggy Pop in the film? I did. Wasn't that great? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to recognize Martin Scorsese's voice at the beginning of this film? I most certainly did, and I appreciated it. Um, Let's see here. When The Hustler first came out, there was an increase in sales of pool tables around 1961, the film apparently causing a popularizing of the pastimes of playing pool. Uh, when the sequel f- was first released, a similar phenomenon occurred. Trade paper variety reporting sales of pool tables and bill- billiards-related supplies have leaped dramatically since the release of The Color of Money. What do you think of that? People are people are go- people are going to see this movie, and afterwards saying, "Huh, 
I should buy a pool table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, pool yeah. is cool. I'm, 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 I'll say it. I'm not afraid. Pool is cool. It is cool. I'm just saying, like, you got to have, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot has to be, like, in line in order to even be able to buy a pool table. You got to have the space. You got to have, like, the, you know, the 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 willingness to like play pool enough to warrant buying a pool table, mm-hmm. and you also have to have the money to afford a pool table. Wow. Anyway, I'm getting a pool table. <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> let's just talk about the plot. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> The film continues the story of pool hustler and steak horse Edward Fast Eddie Felsen from the novel The Hustler. Uh, Felsen is a former pool hustler turned successful liquor salesman in Chicago. Uh, He still stakes bets for players, including fellow hustler um, Julian, who is outmatched at nine ball by the young and charismatic Vincent Laria. Yeah, I think the introduction of his character is really great. Like, yes, when you first see him, it's back is turned to the camera, and he's just playing an arcade cabinet, and <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's like so mysterious at first. He's almost like larger than life. It's a uh, really um, well, for lack of a better word, badass. You know what he rem- his look reminds me of is butthead. Yeah, <laughs> <He was a laughs> butthead. yeah, because of the tall hair. The tall hair is like super butthead hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. It's super butthead hair. Uh, recognizing Vincent's skill and his girlfriend Carmen's inexperience at luring players to lose money, Eddie tells the couple of their excellent potential for hustling. I wonder if this is if this exists still, like pool hustlers. Oh, it certainly does. I'd imagine it does. Yeah, because people love to play. They love to gamble. They love to play pool for money, and hustling is just a thing. Like it's in every. It's in everything that you do for money, right? So poker, uh, you know, any kind of gambling thing, Car- cards, Vegas. It's all all hustling. You're always hustling somebody. You're trying to hustle somebody. Um, and honestly, Eric, I'm thinking about getting into it. Getting into the hustle Hustling? game. Yeah. What are you going to hustle? Oh. Uh, probably. Uh, oh, man. Not on my A game today, but I guess if I had to come up with something on the spot. Mm-hmm. Probably. Spots at an open mic? <laughs> All right. Yeah. You should. <laughs> that was worth the wait. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask you, though. What do you think about Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio? You know, I was trying to figure out, like, what do I recognize her from? Mm-hmm. And now looking at her IMDb, I actually don't know. But, like, I've seen a lot of the movies that she's been in. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's what I recognize her from. You know, I've seen The Abyss. I've seen Perfect Storm. I have seen Robin Hood. Seen uh, 
She she's in Scarface, I believe. Yeah, Scarface. Oh, she is, huh? Mm, <clears throat> yeah, I I like this mm-hmm. character of Carmen. I think she's cool. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and she's got like a cool kind of classic look, but like not immediately recognizable. I kind of agree with you. Like, even though I know I've seen a lot of those films, I d- can't really place her in them. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 definitely. I'm definitely a fan um, of this performance. And yes, her and Cruz are good together. Uh, she, she, yeah, she, her, her performance is very good for, for this character. I think that she, she was very well cast. Um, this, just the three of these actors together is great. It's just a great pairing. Um it's also like really weird. <laughs> like like things get really weird between like Eddie and Carmen or uh is that her name? Eddie yeah. and uh yeah, yeah. Carmen, and Carmen Eddie and, and Vincent. Vince. Yeah, things get weird. But um Oh yeah. Little uh yeah, little yeah. father son and son's <laughs> girlfriend vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh Carmen visits Eddie alone to inquire about his interest in Vincent. Finding him working at Child World, Eddie invites Vincent to leave the next day for six weeks of hustling on the road, uh, culminating in a nine-ball tournament in Atlantic City. I want to know if there's really such a thing as Child World. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is. This does link to some, another Wikipedia page, so let's see what this page says. It's, it says, Child World was an American chain of toy stores <laughs> founded by Sid Schneider and Joseph Arnesano in Quincy, Massachusetts in 1962. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess it's just toy stores. Child World. Child if you look at one World. of the storefronts, it like they're like made up to look like castles. Yeah, apparently they had a, a a cartoon rabbit named Happy Rabbit who sported the words "I'm happy" on his T-shirt. Man, how do people come up with such <laughs> such ideas? No idea. Uh, finding him uh, manipulating Vincent's insecurities about Carmen and giving him a valuable balabushka cue stick. Uh, Eddie persuades him to accept his offer. Eddie's abrupt uh, departure upsets Julian, as well as Eddie's girlfriend, Janelle. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where you and I are like taking a young uh, podcasting duo under our wing and we like, I like offer them, I open a, a case you know? Yeah, that, and it like just a, has a like microphone a in it. <laughs> and it just has my, like, Sure SM58 microphone <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. And you try to convince him that, like, that was the the same microphone used by, like, Mark Marin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we go on the road together. Um, Hustling podcasting. other podcasters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, that would have been a better uh, answer, Eric, to the question, what are you going to hustle? I should have said podcast. Hosts. Oh yeah. Well, right. um, Vincent and Carmen hit the road with Eddie in his Cadillac, visiting a series of pool halls. Uh, serving as Vincent's stake horse, Eddie attempts to teach him the art of hustling. Mm-hmm. But Vincent 
uh, chafes at having to play below his ability. Chafes, uh, I say. Chafes, indeed. At a pool hall run by his old acquaintance, Orvis, <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> great name, yeah. Eddie becomes fed up with Vincent's arrogance and leaves him. Uh, rebuking Carmen for her advances towards him, Eddie reminds her they are partners with a mutual business interest in Vincent. I like this when uh, when he's like uh, when he's uh, I mean not when he like grabs her and, or mm-hmm, whatever, but mm-hmm. like when he's talking about um, comparing Vincent to like a racehorse. It's kind of right. interesting. Yeah, because it is, he is he is right. They're like. I, it, it's like weird. It's it's. I'm not saying it's like morally right or anything. It's just like interesting that like that's what this guy thinks, thinks of, of him. Vincent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's like, you're here to like make him feel good or whatever, which is you know that has its own problems. But um, yeah, I mean the whole thing is like he's a, they're 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 all sort of flawed in their own right. You know, like she's obviously using both of them. <clears throat> To uh to 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 gain, uh Vincent is a arrogant, sort of like hot headed, like a freak, you know. And Eddie is <laughs> e- Eddie's a bit of a uh, manipulative, you know, kind of um, you know, cloak and dagger sort of. Well, he's a hustler at, at heart. So yeah, I mean, they're all they're all sort of flawed protagonists in a way. In some ways, I relate to Eddie being a hustler at heart. Mm-hmm, um, Eddie returns to find Vincent grandstanding to Werewolves of London, beating the pool hall's best player, but scaring off a wealthier mark. Uh, Eddie and Vincent talk frankly, agreeing Vincent must curb his ego if they are to succeed. Yeah, this is probably my favorite scene, the Werewolves of London scene. Classic. Really good. I love the music in this movie. The music it, is like not... It's it's nothing like we've heard in a in Scorsese before, like some of the music, mm-hmm. and it really captures the um like the soundtrack really captures the uh, pool hall aesthetic. Oh yeah, I well. totally agree. And again, Robertson, being that he is the kind of the taking the helm here, uh, it makes a lot of sense. It feels like stuff you'd hear in a in a seedy uh, club, you know, in uh, some downtown bar Eddie and Carmen struggle to rein in Vincent's uh, showboating and his jealousy when they pose as lovers during a scam after a string of successful games Vincent plays the famed Grady Seasons but is directed by Eddie to dump the game uh, so the word dump is has a, is hyperlinked here to another Wikipedia article so let's mm-hmm. see what Wikipedia yeah. says the word dumped means what is dumped oh it is a uh it it links to a, a pool term ah okay dump to intentionally lose a game okay uh to inflate the odds against vincent in atlantic city goaded by grady um some fun alliteration vincent almost fails to throw the game and Eddie is inspired to play again. After some success, Eddie is taken by a pool shark named Amos. Uh, humiliated, Eddie leaves Vincent and Carmen with enough money to make it to Atlantic City, taking the Balabushka. 
Uh, Eddie. That scene's great, by the way. Amos is uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, as I mentioned before. Pretty cool to see a young Forrest Whitaker in a Scorsese movie, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so this is the moment where... Yeah, okay, never mind. Um, Eddie refines his skills at Orvis's pool hall, uh, gets into shape by swimming laps, and gets a pair of corrective lens sunglasses. Uh, on a winning streak, he enters the Atlantic City tournament and runs into Vincent and Carmen, overhearing them arrange a bet with another player. Eddie winning against Julian and Vincent uh, beating Grady are set to face each other. Janelle arrives to support Eddie, who triumphs against Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, man, this whole tournament thing is great, too. Yeah. Um, I guess I, like, wasn't paying attention to some of the dialogue or something because I didn't realize that this was going to end at a tournament. And at first, I was kind of like, this is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. we kind of end it. Because they go from, like, just hustling, you know? Like, right. kind of, like, it's underground like pool hustling yeah. to being at, like, a, an official tournament. And I was like, oh, this is kind of an interesting choice. But I, I actually love the tournament stuff. Uh, it's really good. And this twist that comes up right here is just very good. I'm doing the old chef's kiss. I know. Isn't he this, such a little... Like, it's it's like, in one, uh, on the other hand, too, you could look at this as, like, Eddie is such a little bastard. You know, he got everything. He got to not only win and look like a badass in front of everybody, but then he also got $8,000 on top of it. <laughs> yes, and he's just so um he's just like too proud, mm-hmm. you know. He's too stubborn. Um as Eddie and Janelle celebrate, Vincent and Carmen surprise Eddie with 8 grand, his cut of Vincent's winning from un- intentionally losing their match. Uh, in the semifinal match, Eddie sees his reflection in the two ball. Uh, disgruntled, he forfeits the game and returns Vincent's money. With plans to live with Janelle and determined to win legitimately, Eddie faces Vincent in a private match, declaring, I'm back. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Who do you think wins that match, by the way? Vincent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just kid just destroys him. <laughs> like Yeah. Not even not even yeah. I mean, yeah, there there's like a really interesting scene too, uh, where, you know, uh Paul Newman kind of he kind of uh you know, talk, uh, wax is poetic about how things have changed and, and how kids today, you know, they're not just drinking, they're on speed and amphetamines and stuff. And that can also like help their game or give them the edge in a game. It um, kind of reminds me of just like sports in general, you know, a little bit of a comment on how sports changes over time, you know, pretty good. Yeah. You know what this movie reminded me of? And this is a, this movie reminded me of another movie we've covered on this podcast. Would you like to guess? Mm, is it Soldier with Kurt Russell? No. 
<laughs> you couldn't be further off. <laughs> this movie gave me gave me uh, hard eight vibes. Oh uh, yeah, 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 totally. You know what? It also it gave me boogie night vibes for sure. Ah uh, yes, uh, both of them because they're both they both are like these old sort of actors, old kind of washed up actors t- helping young men learn how to do blank. And in the case of Hard Eight, you're right; it's it's hustle, right? It's like hustling uh, in Vegas and uh, in Boogie Nights. It's it's how to be a porn star. But yeah, I feel like um, I feel like like the color of money has to have influenced um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. Even a lot of the shots in this, I, I feel like the cinematography is like, oh yeah, that's there's there's some Paul stuff in in here for sure. Oh yeah, that part towards the end when frogs start coming out of the sky too. Yep, that was. I mean, uh, definitely couldn't be more derivative. <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I love uh, uh, the line in here. Doom. That's a great line. It's another. Uh, um, the video game Doom was apparently inspired by Tom Cruise's dialogue in this. Oh, really? Yep. Man, this is a scary game. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Uh, all right. So, Jeremy, you first time seeing the the color of money, or yes. gr- green as you like to call it. Green. Um, green. What would you rate this out of four Chucky freckles? Oh man, I'm just remembering now that I gave Punch Drunk Love a four. That's a good score. Um, okay. Well, I think it's gonna have to be a three, Eric. I le- well, is it gonna have to be a three? Yeah, it's a three. It's a three. I like this movie a lot. This is a great movie. Um. It's not as good as After Hours, in my opinion. It's just a little under After Hours uh, by a whole point two five. Um, but uh, a three is a good score. That's the Happy Gilmore score. That's the Wedding Singer score. Um, yeah, I thought this was a. I thought this was a fantastic film. I really enjoyed the heck out of it. And it moves really quickly too. For two hours, it kind of flew by. Uh, what about you, Eric? Um. <clears throat> I th- I would agree with you. Uh, uh, I think that I really like this movie. I really like this movie a lot. Actually, when I was watching it, I was like, "Man, I I like I love like you know Taxi Driver and you know some of the earlier you know I loved Mean Streets and well actually I didn't like Mean Streets that much, but Taxi Driver, <laughs> um, Raging Bull. I like those movies, but like if I'm gonna rewatch, if there's if I'm more often than not, if I'm in the mood to like rewatch a Scorsese, um, it's gonna be the king of comedy, it's gonna be after hours, and honestly, Color of Money is yeah. up there for me now. It's like just one of those movies. It's just a it's just a really good movie. I didn't see where I didn't know where the plot was going. I was so distracted by like how cool everything what like it it was just cool like i i I love the scenes when they're like outside in like the just like crappy like chicago winter and they're going to these pool halls and tom cruise is really good uh every all the performances are great it Mm -hmm. the soundtrack's great i really like this movie i was like so surprised by it and i think i'm looking at my scores 
uh, my past scores, and I'm giving out a lot of like 3.5s and 4s, and I'm probably going to have to make some adjustments here because uh-huh. <laughs> I've given out like five fours <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. But I am, I, I'm going to give the color of money like a 3.5 out of four. Ooh, that's a pretty good, that's a, that's a damn good score. Yeah. I'm looking at my fours too. And what do I got here? I've got, uh, I've got Billy Madison. So that score is not changing. I got taxi driver. I don't think that score is going to change either. Raging Bull, yeah, no, King of Comedy, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, those are fours. Those are still fours. Um, I could see maybe King of Comedy getting lower a little bit, but man, every time I watch it, it gets better and better. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Scorsese is just, is just uh, you know, all of these Scorseses lately that I haven't seen before, I've been, I've been, I've been digging. He's blowing you away. Digging him. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Jeremy. Next week, as as we discussed, uh, we are shifting gears over to uh, Winchester Tinfieldville. Uh huh. I believe is the joke in Mister Deeds. Mr. Uh, and we're Deeds, talking Mister wow. Deeds. Uh, so we'll look forward to that, and then um, we do have a Patreon. patreoncom slash Jeremy. I've heard of this. Five bucks a month. Uh, you sign up, you get access to years worth of bonus content, as well as uh, you know new episodes as they come out. Uh, we do a few of them a month, and they are often themed. This month's theme is Witch Month. It's the spooky month. It's our best month on the podcast or on the uh, Patreon, and we are throwing it out to all them witches out there this month. We we did the witches of Eastwick. We did uh, the witches. We're probably gonna do the witch. Uh, anything witch related, we're covering it. So sign up patreon.com slash Eric Jeremy. And we are also, um, you've probably heard about this. Uh, uh, it's the, the rumors have been circulated. So I just want to confirm that we are doing Monkey Bone Vember, which is uh, Monkey Bone all month. We're gonna watch it a bunch of times, and uh, no regrets. It's going to be a great time. So sign up early because you know what, Jeremy? I'm looking at the openings on our Patreon list, and we they're they're running out. Our pay, we have a specific Patreon where you, we can only offer bonus content to so many people, five million. And right now we're at four million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety. Five. So we've got room for about four more people. <laughs> so sign up, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Jeremy, anything extra you wanted to plug? Nah. I think that's it. That's it. Norma. I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs>